Welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and of course the startup scene. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. We're going to kick off today's show with David Neely and learning about the Hawaii iOS Developers Meetup Group. And of course, later in the show, we'll talk to Representative Ryan Yamane and of course, DBED Director Louis Salaveria and Jamie Hastings, the VP of CTIA. She'll join us by phone. We'll talk about broadband and next generation 5G. But of course, first off, we want to welcome David Neely. Uh, in addition to his connection with the iOS Developers Meetup group, he is from the Manoa Career Center. Welcome to the show, David. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Bert. Thanks for having me here. Sure. So, yeah, you know, I guess we ought to give you some uh, chance to talk a little bit about this uh, Manoa Career Center because uh, I know you've been there for like about 10 years, but yeah. what, is, what do they do? Uh, we provide um, awesome opportunities for employment for uh, students of the uh, not only Manoa, but also uh, the system. So mm-hmm. it's a system-wide system that we have for, uh, it's called the Student Employment Cooperative Education um, online web interface, and we advertise a bunch of jobs, opportunities. Um, so what, most of these jobs are on-campus jobs? We have on-campus, and we also have off-campus jobs. So and, and, and what do you do over there? I am the technology and web coordinator. That's my official title. I take care of, um, I'm very lucky to be on part of the marketing team, so we mm-hmm. get to do a lot of social outreach. Um, we also kind of design really um, interesting ways to get students interested in jobs while they're still on campus, because they get to the last year of their college experience, and they're just like, what do I do? Right. Mm-hmm. That's sometimes mm-hmm. a little late to be thinking Absolutely. about it. <laughs> so we really are trying to do make, I mean, really get it on their radar. Uh, we have a program right now. It's called Humans of Manoa. We kind of took our lead from uh, Humans, Humans of, of New, New York. York. Exactly. Uh, giving people an opportunity to talk about their own story, specifically because we're the Manoa Career Center. Mm-hmm. We, we really want to focus on where they are in their career uh, life plan, their mm-hmm. journey. And we really just want to showcase uh, with images, with uh, text, actually of them actually talking to give um, other students an opportunity to see aspirational people Mm -hmm. within the community that maybe they would like to emulate or maybe talk to to network and find out more opportunities and just, um, you know, get a good experience from the university. So how does the Career Center interact with perhaps the on-campus employment sort of Pell Grant-funded kind of work? Uh, Does it work for people post-graduation or is it also finding that job while you're still a student? Both, actually. Uh, So we uh, really want to help students who are in this uh, program right now, inside of the university right now. But then we also offer uh, a few of our services to, uh, to students who are maybe five years after they've graduated. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Now, I know that uh, you know your background is, is technical. You've been doing a lot of web stuff. And then this connection with the Hawaii iOS Developers Meetup, right. I thought maybe there was kind of a connection between the career and the meetup. But actually, they're kind of like two separate things, right? They are definitely two separate things. Um, I would like to call the meetup maybe like a study group. Uh, so we are a group of uh, developers. Shout out to all the regulars of the Hawaii iOS Developer Meetup. We get together every Thursday at 6 p.m. Uh, we're very lucky to be hosted by our um, – have our uh, meeting at the High Capacity in the Manoa mm-hmm. Innovation Center. Um, and we meet for an hour every week. It is an uh, evolving uh, format uh, with feedback from some of the developers. I really like to keep the, uh, the meetups really novel to bring in, like, one specific uh, – um, non-computery thing into mm-hmm. uh, into kind of their mindset, so they can focus on something um, kind of tangential to what they're always on the computer with. Uh, this past week, we focus on Magic: The Gathering, so kind I of like it. creating that within uh, Swift three programming language. So, David, you know, I tried to tr- teach myself iOS programming. I did an Udemy course. I uh-huh. thought, okay, it's going to be hard by myself. I tried to start a group so we could right, do it right. together. I call it iBeginner, and then of course, you just sort of get lost, get distracted, and and do other things. What right range of capability are you seeing in terms of membership of this group? Can you come in and say, I, I have a Mac, what next? Or do you need to have some understanding of Swift and all of those things before you come and hang out? We have a mix of developers who have been coding for, I mean, 
20 years, 20 plus years. We also have people who are just getting into it. Uh, we have a book that we're going to be using in a lot of the meetups. We're going to go chapter by chapter. So it's open to anyone of any skill level. So, you know, I've been getting getting a lot of uh, requests. Bert, you know, they tell me, Bert, do uh, you know anybody that can help me with my, my uh, let's say, iOS mobile app? Mm-hmm. And I'm telling them, well, you know, there's some places you can call. There's some, you know, businesses that will do, do uh, you know, apps for your smartphone. Are there people, uh, obviously, in the iOS developer meetup, I mean, there's people that actually develop for, for you know, your uh, iPhone, right? Absolutely. We have just a um, ton of range in between, you know, beginners and professional developers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely professional developers. Another big um, issue in the iOS development um, scene right now is a shift from Objective-C. Objective-C, it's mm-hmm. one programming language, over to Swift. And mm-hmm. Swift is an evolving language. We've gone through three iterations already. Um, and it's kind of difficult to do it on your own. So like you mentioned, Ryan, um, you know, trying starting to set up. I really uh, see this meetup as kind of like we're cheerleaders for other developers. We're really not there to critique each other. It's really just meant to be uh, a place, um, a safe place for people to really meet. And, and so there's an opportunity to uh, develop and show off what you're working on, I guess. That would make sense. Um, but maybe to extend on Bert's question, if what always happens is like, I've got this great idea for an app, but I don't know how to build it. How do I find someone? Does that happen? Do people come down and say, I have an idea. Why don't you help We me do. And I would say that I would guide them toward seeing what they could do to create them for themselves. On their, on their own. I Absolutely. like it. So how long has this meetup group been uh, getting together? We're nearing our th- 20th uh, meetup. So we're meeting every week. Um, we're going to be taking a hiatus um, in April, but we'll be starting back up in May. And was there something that really motivated you to want to do this uh, you know, back 20, 20 meetings ago? <laughs> it was actually the shift from Objective-C to Swift 3. So I had created some apps um, using Objective-C. Well, Mathogen was... Mathogen, yeah. yeah. So I'm actually working on that in the Swift 3 programming language, taking it over from, from Objective-C to Swift 3. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually putting on addition. So Mathogen was a math uh, learning game for kids. I'm actually bringing in um, Hiragana and Katakana. So learning how to... Um, uh, understand Japanese character sets as mm-hmm. well, bringing mm-hmm. it into the, the um, into a game. So uh, this is a weekly meetup. That's pretty weekly intensive meetup, too. Yeah. Um, what a... day of the week? Where and when? And how sure. can somebody sign up? Sure. So we meet every Thursday at six p.m. in the Manoa Innovation Center. That's uh, deep in Manoa Valley. Um, if you're interested in attending, we've got a meetup page. Um, I. I'll, I'll, like put the, I'll put the link right up there. on our show perfect, notes. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, so you're going to be taking a little bit of a hiatus in, in, April, in April, but then you're going to re, I guess, uh, restart and not restart, but, you know, kind of get the gears going in May. I mean, and, and do uh, like an every week kind of uh, yep. routine. Yep, yep. Uh, what would be the first topic in, in May? Any For, thoughts? Uh, the first topic in May, one of the biggest problems or issues that comes up in iPhone programming, if you're a beginner or an advanced user, is going to be um, optionals and closures in Swift 3. So these are programming paradigms that are kind of new to what we're used to in iOS programming. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's stuff that we're, we've already discussed about five times already, <laughs> five meetups. So. Okay, very good. So we will uh, post that up on our show notes, and we want to thank you, David, for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks, Bert. Thanks, Ryan. And of course, we'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by Rip. Ryan Yamane, Director Louis Salaberia, and Jamie Hastings, and talk about broadband. So don't go away. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. 
Connie Kapila Sunday is my favorite program because it allows you to discover so much Hawaiian music. There's such great Hawaiian music coming out, and to be able to find out about the artists, listen to the songs, listen to a variety of music is one of the most satisfying ways to spend a Sunday afternoon. Member-supported Hawaii Public Radio. Radio with vision. Listen and see. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. Now joining us are Rep. Ryan Yamane and Louis Salaveria. Of course, uh, Rep. Yamane chairs the House Committee on Water and Land, also helped introduce HB 625, which we will get to talk about, which provides small wireless facilities. Louis, meanwhile, is a regular on the show, and one of the initiatives for his department is broadband initiatives. And also joining us by phone is Jamie, a senior VP at CTIA, the Wireless Industries Advocacy Group. And of Great course, uh, how is uh, broadband, or how is Hawaii positioned for broadband connectivity? Rep Yamane, Louis, and Jamie want to welcome you all to Bite Marks Cafe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank, Thank you, you for so much. Us. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, so first off, I'll, I'll give, uh, you know, Lewis a chance. Since we've had Lewis on the show, I mean, you know, I think you're like almost a regular on, on, the, on the program. <laughs> we talk to you everything from, you know, broadband to technology stuff. Can you give us a little update on, you know, what's happening with, with broadband kind of in general? Well, in general, like the state had made a very aggressive move to try and create more opportunities for broadband to really fully deploy within our state. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been working on increasing uh, cable landing stations within the state of Hawaii. And now with the introduction of small wireless facilities in the 5G network, what we're trying to do is really entice the market so that we could be one of the first states to have a really full-blown statewide deployment of the new 5G network. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, that's, that's exciting stuff. Uh, Rep Yamane, I mean, you are very much uh, instrumental in introducing some bills this yes, session, thank right? you. And maybe give us a sense as to uh, what sort of is is this the time to really push forward on the whole 5G deployment? Yeah, we think so. We think this is the appropriate time to you know, have this discussion about where broadband is going. Um, how do we make sure that the infrastructure can handle any future technology advancements? And we want to be on the cusp of moving technology, um, not only to enhance access to our citizens, but also... Um, provide this service to our businesses so mm-hmm. that we, you know, we are part of that discussion. Now, one of the things that I, I sort of wanted to talk a little bit about is, you know, what exactly is 5G and what does it enable us to do? And maybe, Jamie, uh, do you want to tackle that? I mean, what exactly, what exactly does 5G enable us to do beyond what 4G does? Absolutely. Um, first of all, I think the most important part about this piece of legislation is that it's not a wireless bill. It's really a jobs and economic development bill. Um, we commissioned a, a study, and just in Honolulu alone, 5G could create nearly 3,500 jobs, $216 million in smart city benefits, and $571 million in estimated GDP growth. So it's about the future of Hawaii, but and these small cells will do a couple of things. First of all, they will densify the existing 4G networks. So it's real time. And the future of 5G holds so many incredible, incredible opportunities for businesses and consumers. Right now, for example, um, there are situations where there are huge savings in energy costs, for example, for consumers. Florida Power and Light 
um, their customers are now saving an average of $191 a year on their electricity bills. As we a result also commissioned of... a study from Deloitte, and they said that wireless devices could create $305 billion in annual health system savings. So it's as simple as being able to find a parking space. It's as simple as potentially in the future having connected cars um, and even autonomous vehicles where your carbon footprint would be greatly reduced and traffic would mm. be greatly reduced. And I could, I could honestly go on and on about the, you know, the amazing future um, that the people of Hawaii have in store for them. Well, but, um, uh, but Jamie, and, uh, one of the things that you mentioned was uh, densify. What, is, what do you mean by densify? So um, wireless consumers love their data. And so these small cells will help our members provide that capacity real time to consumers now, and then we'll also provide all these benefits in the future. So, Lewis, I mean, I like how Jamie kind of uh, positions it, that it's, it's largely policy. It's about how uh, it really impacts more data delay rather than, you know, specs and speeds and feeds and things like that. Mm-hmm. When a lot of people think of wireless spectrum or even the CTIA, they think, uh, they think at the national level, they think of spectrum and frequencies and things like that. Uh, how do you see the 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 intent of these bills specifically for Hawaii, um, if you can think of examples, as Jamie sort of introduced, that it helps Hawaii specifically versus perhaps uh, a similar bill in Florida, for example. Well, I think uh, what Jamie was talking about with the uh, deployment of this type of technology, you're talking about things like smart cities, Internet of Things, all of these different aspects of where the state sees its technological future going. And what, what Jamie alluded to, uh, speed is very important in, in order for us to get autonomous vehicles. Uh, I think one of the things that we're very excited about is how autonomous vehicles could help alleviate some traffic situations in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And, and true autonomous vehicles are connected vehicles. I, I think there's a lot of bandwidth. Yeah, it requires a lot of bandwidth. It requires a lot of uh, ability to be, stay connected to the, to the network. So you can't get there without this technology. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're trying to make sure that the market can deploy this technology efficiently so that the consumers can benefit from it in a very cost-effective way. So, Representative Yamani, I'm, you're my representative, Milamani. Hey, yeah, and, right. you know, although we're <laughs> in the backyard of Oceanic, sometimes <laughs> I think that broadband could probably even be better in our neighborhood. Um, so we're, these, these are all good concepts. These specific builds, or at least uh, the bill that we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. uh, HB 625, what specifically is it proposing be set in state policy? So what we wanted to try to do was give exemptions so that these types of um, 5G infrastructure could be put up um, with minimal time span and um, working with the city and counties throughout the state to put these infrastructure into place. That was a nexus. As the bill developed, we got uh, feedback from not only the wireless carriers, but the wa- those that are wired carriers, as well as Hawaiian Electric, uh, as well as all the counties, including the departments of police and others. So what we try to do is this bill now has encompassing a wide variety of input on how to make this broadband bill more comprehensive mm. to address all the issues. And it's about streamlining. So I know right now, I mean, uh, my friend is a T-Mobile customer, mm-hmm. and he actually knew where the t- poles were, the towers were, in Mililani, oh. and he was, wait, wait, where are they going to turn that one on? Where are they going to turn that one on? <laughs> Um, and it was a wait, and a larger, large part of that was regulatory. Yes. So you're saying this bill kind of makes that 
faster. Right. And, and part of the concern has been is, uh, you know, we want these permits to be not the delay. We want them to be part of the process. But we also have to incorporate public safety, uh, you know, pedestrian safety. And so addressing those concerns as well as the statewide need is a balance. And that's why you have th- this measure and similar measures moving forward. So, so Rep. Yamani, you know, the, um, the idea of putting these small mm-hmm. cell facilities they would basically occupy places like the light poles. Yes. Would that be accurate? And <clears throat> is the concern that as a result of, you know, perhaps the carriers putting, you know, these facilities up on light poles, they would potentially, what, jeopardize some of the public safety equipment that is up there already? Well, that th- there's a concern from the Honolulu Police Department that it might have interference because 5G is such a new technology. They don't know if there's going to be interference issues. Another concern is making sure the poles are stable, there's ac- you know, uh, accessible power, mm-hmm. as well as the physical uh, appearance of these types of systems. You know, Are they going to be on every pole? Are they going to be dispersed in every community? Are they going to be fronting somebody's house? These are all valid questions. And so what we're trying to do is you know, make sure that the counties do have the ability you know, to have input in those things without them... Um, necessarily stopping the mm. permitting process. So, Jamie, can you articulate perhaps for a, to an a everyday consumer what we're talking about when we say 5G? I mean, I certainly think people were, might remember the edge days and then the 3G days, and now we're kind of 4G LTE days. What is 5G? Is are we talking about ten times faster? Are we talking about better or you know better latency? I mean, what are, is the actual benefit um, that a nerd might look for in 5G? So, um, I'll, I'll give you a couple of data points so that consumers can really understand this. Um, 5G can be 10 to 100 times faster. Mm. It can be five times more responsive. And um, there are studies that have shown that there will be potentially 100 times more devices being made available to the people of Hawaii. And I think you know, the, the most important thing that we're talking about here is that regulatory certainty. And it's not only important for our members, but it's also important for the localities. And we want to address all those concerns. And we want all of us to have a roadmap so that we can make this happen in in Hawaii. So, so Jamie, in terms of some of the other uh, locales that have started to deploy 5G infrastructure, uh, you know, based on what Rep. Yamane was describing, have there been ways of, of overcoming the obstacles or the, the, maybe the hesitance by some of the local municipalities to uh, give up some of their pole and tower space? I mean, what have other cities done? So, absolutely. And I think the key is what the representative mentioned is working with the local communities. Our members are working with local communities across the country. Um, bills have passed in Kansas. Virginia and Ohio, and we think it's most important that Hawaii, and we talked a little bit about this earlier, that Hawaii be at the forefront of all of this. I mean, I I always like to say that capital investment is like water. It follows the path of least resistance, Mm. and we, our members, want to invest in Hawaii. We want to invest in the future of Hawaii. But we need that regulatory certainty. You know, these aren't macro towers. These aren't 150-foot right. towers. So we need together with all of the stakeholders um, to address the fact that this is a different technology. These are, these are, this is different equipment. It's much smaller. And so we need to handle it together in a way 
that we don't necessarily have to with macro towers. Mm. It's, a, it's a very, very different system. Although I would say that it's fair to say that, you know, in terms of regulatory certainty in Hawaii is something um, we've struggled with uh, recently. Well, so the bill is coming up for a decision-making, uh, I think, tomorrow. And, uh, Rep. Yamane, we'll talk to you a little bit about that, maybe have you share some thoughts on that. We'll hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Rep. Uh, Ryan Yamane, Louis Salaveria, and Jamie Hastings about 5G and broadband. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Akahi Ornish Lifestyle Medicine, Hawaii Pacific University, and Ulupono Initiative. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. And we're talking to Representative Ryan Yamane, Louis Oliveria, and Jamie Hastings about keeping up with broadband advancements. Of course, right before the break, we were talking about uh, HB 625 and some of the, the challenges and negotiations that I think need to be done in terms of uh, making it, uh, I guess, acceptable by some of the people that might have you know, expressed some objection or some uh, some reservation. So there's a decision-making uh, that's going to happen tomorrow, yeah. uh, I think, in um, – it might be a joint committee uh, session. Yeah, That'll be Senate March side. 30th, yeah. Tell me a little bit about um, what uh, you think might be you know, of, of great concern and, and how – I know you've said that there have been talks to you know, come up with the right language. Uh, is the right language – Gotten to? I mean, are we are we there yet? <laughs> well, I hope so. Um, <laughs> you know, I, you know, the, the legislative process is you know a, a very complex process where you're balancing a lot of different perspectives, mm-hmm. and you know there are some concerns about how far or how fast um, should we move legislation? Should it be technology driven? Should it be industry driven? Or should it be government regulation driven? And so what we're trying to do is balance that. And, you know, we're hopeful that our center counterparts, sen- you know, senators who are very well knowledge in some of these issues will also see that value and that potential, and then we'll continue to move the discussion forward. Now, Lewis, before the break, we mentioned, uh, or Jamie even mentioned, the need for regulatory certainty to be able to make investments in Hawaii. And sure. uh, you don't need to think very far to come up with examples where that has been a challenge in other industries. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we're talking, we've been talking a lot about undersea cables and connectivity, and many of them bypass Hawaii because the technology allows them to go straight from Japan to Seattle without having to make a stop. Correct. So there was a talk of making a landing point so that we can welcome that kind of connectivity. Uh, how do you see Hawaii stacking up against um, other cities of our size? I mean, our geographic uh, isolation is a huge challenge, but are we keeping up? Are we falling behind? I think right now we're poised to really uh, be at the forefront because of some of the things that we're doing with the Trans-Pacific Cable. Uh, like I said in the beginning of the broadcast, we were talking about the state making investments in key critical infrastructure, which are the cable landing stations, so that we can make it easier for Trans-Pacific cable operators because at the end of the day, still 99% of the data goes through cables that run through the ocean. It's still that fiber optic network that's so important to our basic daily communications from everything from broadband to, I mean, you name it. And so you take that effort that's going on with the Trans-Pacific cables, then you take this effort that's going on with 5G. You have that real comprehensive view you know, kind of soup to nuts kind of thing where, you you know, you have the Trans-Pacific, which connects you to the rest of the world, and then you have the Terrestrial, which connects everybody in Hawaii to the rest of the world. So I think right now 
we're really poised to look at it in a very holistic view and to attract that investment, to create that environment. Because at the end of the day, uncertainty is the capital killer. It, it, it really is. So the more that we can create certainty for the capital markets as well as for businesses, the more encouraged they are to make those types of investments in the state of Hawaii. And, you know, Jamie talked about it. 3,500 jobs, you know, half a billion dollars worth of GDP. I mean, these are these are significant. So I'm going to pitch numbers. you a softball. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. So what, what if this doesn't pass? What happens then? I, I think we, we keep trying. Uh, at the end of the day, the technology is moving in such a way that the public is kind of demanding these additional speeds. I mean, mm. we see it right now. I mean, my daughter at home is constantly complaining that the Netflix <laughs> is actually running kind of slow. I can see that. <laughs> my son <laughs> plays Overwatch, and he's connected to players on the mainland, and he knows all about latency and bandwidth and things like that too. Yeah, so, you know, at the end of the day, if not us, I think, you know, our children and everybody else, this technology, again, autonomous cars, the Internet of Things, all of this, we are entering a very connected world. And, and I know it's, uh, even for me, you know, I, I grew up in the era of uh, Atari and Commodore computers. And this is uh, well beyond any level of comprehension that I'm, you know, that I grew up with. But nowadays, uh, you know, the people are really, really begging for this type mm. of technology going forward. And, and at some point in time, businesses is going to, is going to, be there for it. Jamie, I know we're running out of time, but um, I'm curious in your perspective from someone who's working on these issues across the country. uh, Louis says, oh, we're poised. We're ready to go. How do you see Hawaii sizing up uh, against um, other markets of its size? Hawaii is poised. And absolutely, with the passage of this legislation, um, it will will absolutely put Hawaii um, in the forefront. It will be one of, you know, one of the first couple of states to, to take this um, very important measure. And I think it speaks you know, volumes for the future of the people of Hawaii and what they're going to be able to experience. So I would agree. Um, I would agree that Hawaii is, is poised to, to move forward in a, an incredibly positive way. Now, uh, Rep. Yamani, I'm going to I'm going to pitch you another. Uh, well, it's not going to be a softball. As, uh, <laughs> I pitched Lewis, but that, that was a you know there was a there was a, a a Senate bill, and I know you're not uh, you know involved with the the Senate side of the the bill drafting, but I think right. these were companion bills. So yes. I think you were at one point with SB 1201. Now 1201 was kind of a a, a small you know cell facility bill, but then it changed, and it's now looking like a broadband task force bill. So tell me, I mean, what is the, the, you know, the purpose of this sort of broadband task force? We only got a minute. Sure. So what this bill does is uh, it allows DBED, Lois, mm-hmm. uh, to convene a group of stakeholders to actually come up with a specific plan on how to address broadband in the state of Hawaii. And we want this plan to be specific not only in who it's going to address, uh, who it will benefit, and how we're going to pay for it. And then, again, this would be the roadmap on how we can provide more certainty in the market. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there is still, you know, if you have a, a task force in the in DBED, you also still have a task force in DCCA, right, the BAAC. Right. So how and, do they complement Well, and, and a DCCA is a regulatory entity, mm-hmm. and so the reason why, you know, it was decided – uh, that it put it in DBED was DBED is our department that looks f- um, for industry. It makes industry, it looks for opportunities, it brings people together. Where DCCA is, they do a great job, but they're regulatory. Right. And so if we're going to make broadband 
an issue in Hawaii, if we're going to make it the forefront of technology, we need a, a department that's poised to do it. And I think DBED is the, the better entity to do it. And at the end of the day, uh, we've all seen all of the studies, uh, broadband, ubiquitous deployment of, of wireless and broadband technology is a precursor for major economic development. So, hmm. Well, very good. We'll, we'll post up all the notes on the uh, show notes later on tonight. Of course, Representative Ryan Yaman is one of the leading sponsors of HB 625. Louis Salaveria is the director of DBA. And of course, Jamie Hastings is with CTIA. We want to thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank very you much. for this yeah. opportunity. Yeah. Take care. And thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week. We're going to talk about the March for Science. And if you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email us at feedback at bitemarks.org. You can also find us on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. And you can follow me at Hawaii. Our engineer is David Chong, and our executive producer is Beth Ann Koslovic. And, of course, until next week, stay safe, and we will see you on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Those who